Sit down, children, over here. Open up your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 18. Those who want to give tithes and offerings, you guys can do so in the back or on our app. We don't need to spend a lot of time. Guys, go and grab a seat right here. We'll make more room for families. We're not going to be preaching out of this, brother. I'm going to change it up a little bit. Come and grab a seat right here, young man. All the rest of you guys come grab a seat here. Thank you. When we look at what happened here in this tank today, we see that God is changing lives. Do you know why we do baptisms? We do it to come in unity with Jesus. Jesus lived a sinless life, was crucified, buried, and rose again. We come into the water as sinners, dry, confess our Jesus, are buried underneath, come up new. And do you know that one day, all of us are going to get a new life if we've served Jesus physically, we're going to raise from the dead. Think about it like this. Everybody lives once and dies once, but it depends on what you do with Jesus on whether or not you die twice or you live twice. Did you catch what I said? How many are alive today? How many know you can't get out of here out of life without dying? Okay, so you, everybody lives once, everybody dies once. But let me ask you a question. What happens if you don't know Jesus and you die? Bible says in Revelation, you die a second death. Lake of fire, hell, Mui Mall. Everybody say very bad. You don't want to go there. But if you know Jesus, you're born again now in your heart. When your body dies, what happens? You get resurrected with Jesus. Have you ever wondered why it was so important for Jesus to be resurrected? When Jesus came into the flesh, that's not where he started existing. Just like you today, when you put on your clothes, did you start existing at 9 a.m., 10 a.m.? No, you existed before you put on those clothes. Jesus existed before all of eternity. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So yes, Jesus is the Son of God, but he's equal to God the Father. We don't believe in two gods or three gods. We believe God is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, three persons and one divine being. We are multiple beings that share one race, the human race. Let's get that straight right now, okay? We all came from Adam and Eve. This is not multiple races. It's one race with different cultures. Are you tracking with me? Now, Jesus, the Father, and the Spirit all share the same God race. They are of the God kind. They are all equally divine. But it was the Father that sent the Son. The Son comes in the flesh, lives, dies, resurrects. Why didn't he go back to being a spirit like the Father and the Holy Spirit and just go back to heaven? Why did he say to Thomas, touch me? See, I am not just a spirit. I have flesh and I have bone. Because Jesus' resurrected body is now the stamp for all of us to get a new body. No matter how nice your body looks right now, your body's going to die. Your body's going to suffer. And why is that? It's because Adam and Eve sinned, and God said, the day you eat of this tree and you sin, you shall surely what? Die. Now, what died first? Because their body didn't fall over. What died first that day was their spirit, their connection to God. That's why they felt ashamed and had to cover themselves because they were naked. So they began to realize that they had a light around them as glory, but when they sinned, the light got disconnected. Just like this light bulb, I can't see the label on it because it's so bright. I unscrew it and I look at it, I can read the label. They looked at their private parts in their body and felt ashamed, but they didn't know that they were naked because the glory, the Lord, was shining all around them. But eventually, a thousand years later or so, they began to die. 
They lived for a long time, but they began to die. And then their DNA started to be corrupted over time and over time. And now we only live 70, 80 years, maybe 100 at the most. So Jesus coming on the earth was not just to give us a new spiritual life, and then we go to heaven and become disembodied spirits. That wasn't his original plan. The original plan was for us to be spirits in bodies. Remember, he made Adam of the earth. He was a man made of dust, a literal sand man, until he breathed in him, then he became a living soul, right? So when that body goes back to dust, the soul goes to heaven. But you're not meant to stay up there. You're meant to get a resurrected body and live forever on the earth with Jesus. So what we lost in the Garden of Eden, Jesus gives us back. So I get spiritually reborn. There's a light on the inside of me, and if you can't see it. And then when my body dies, I go up to be with Jesus in heaven until he comes back onto earth to rule and reign where I get a new body like him. And if you're not born again, you get a body to go to the lake of fire with so you can feel it the whole time. Do you want to go to hell with a new body? A body meant for destruction, as the Bible says, a body that will never die but only suffer? And you may say to yourself, well, why does God send people there? You know, why is God doing that? If God really loved us, why would he send them there? Like as if God is just choosing, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, pick a sinner by the toe, send them to hell, let them know, you know, there you go. Uh, that's not how it works. On judgment day, there's going to be two wills, and you'll be done accordingly according to your will. Watch this. Those on judgment day, God says, well done, my good and faithful servant. You made my will, your will, come on into heaven. So you said, not my will be done, but Jesus, your will be done. How many think we should do that? But on the other side, he'll say to the sinners, he'll say, your will be done. Your will. And what did they want? What did sinners want? An eternity without God. So what was Adam and Eve's real sin? What was Adam and Eve's first sin? Wanting to do it without God. What was Satanism before it became known as Satanism? In other words, what was Satan's first sin? Was Satan up in heaven going, I want to sacrifice children and blood, you know, get all this blood for me? No, Satan's first sin was a self-centered life. Go to the notes, please, and put up that picture of the, of the cross and the self-centered life there. When I preach to you today for the next few minutes, I'm going to keep my word and dismiss you at one, and then you can stay after and pray with us a little bit because we're so glad you're here. But I want you to see this as I get ready to read a passage. There's only two ways to live in life. That is either to make yourself the king of your heart, you sit on the throne of your heart, and you push out Jesus, and everything's about you, or you put your behind at the feet of Jesus and make life all about him. Now, there are noble things that you can do on that side of self that can really make you think you're going to get to heaven while others are going to go to hell. You can say, man, I take care of my children. I'm not a bad parent. I go to work. I bring home the bacon. Why would I go to hell? But let me ask you a question. Whose family are you working for? Your family, right? You're not working for the neighbor's family, right? Whose kids are you providing for? Your kids. So it's really still me, myself, and I, isn't it? You say, well, I'm doing it for my kids. I'm doing it for others. Yeah, but you're doing it for yourself. You see, my first and primary focus as a parent, when most of these kids right here are mine, I have six, my first and primary focus is not to do things for them so I feel better as a dad. I'm to teach them the bow down life, that I bow down before Jesus and they ought to bow down before Jesus because guess what? When we go to that place called heaven, we don't get to remain as fathers and mothers anymore because there we're all just children of God. So if you're saying to yourself, I want to go to heaven so I can just go be with my mom and those things, that's sweet, but that won't get you there. You have to be willing to go to heaven even if your mother, your brother, your sister, nobody else wants to go there. 
And I'm going to read that to you in just a moment. That's going to freak some of you out because the Bible's not going to say what you think it says. It's going to say something very controversial, but I want you to remember this picture because all of us have to come this way. Now, if you notice when you're selfish, Jesus don't fit in your life. You could be religious, don't get me wrong. You could say, man, I go to church, I do all these things, but you know whether or not he's the Lord of all. Because if Jesus is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. He's not going to play 50-50, 60-40 with you. But if you notice in this, you get it all. You get Jesus on the cross at the center of your life, and yourself is still there. Jesus doesn't boot you out and make him a robot, make you a robot for his kingdom. What happens is you find yourself, your true self, when you know God. The first thing Jesus told us was not find yourself, it was deny yourself. See, when I deny life's about me, I now can focus on Jesus. When I lean on Jesus, I'm not leaning on me anymore. But then guess what? He made me unique. He made you unique. So when we give our lives to Jesus, bow down to him, we are all going to have a unique expression of God in our lives. We were never meant to be religious robots. We were meant to have different opinions, different tastes. That's why we all like different food, different styles of music. And so you will truly know thyself when you know thy creator. You want to know yourself? Deny yourself and know your creator. You want to see heaven come to earth? Seek God's first, God's kingdom first. You want to see change come here? Ask God to do what only God can do, and then he'll show you to do what you're supposed to do. He said that we're supposed to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're all trying to escape from earth, get up to heaven, but heaven wants to come down to earth. See, Jesus came from heaven where? To earth, because he wanted to show us how we could make this place better. Can I get an amen? Amen. Okay, so let's take the next 10 minutes that I have, and let me share with you a controversial scripture, but I think you will enjoy it. Uh, go to Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. I want to keep my word to our friends and family today. We baptized, I think, around 20 people. Does anybody know the final number? Anybody here? Nobody knows? Okay. You know? You, you got baptized, though. Do you know how many got baptized? Nine. Good guess. More than that. I love seeing the children here. The Bible says, let the children come to me when it talks about Jesus. Amen? And so we should never be uncomfortable with them, even their wiggles and all of that. It's okay. Look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. It says, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. So, how does it work out for you and I going to heaven? Is it based on God acknowledging us or us acknowledging him? Us first. Us first. He's not saying, I'm going to choose who I'm taking to heaven and who I'm going to give the boot and go to hell. No, he's saying this. You acknowledge me. You do what I ask you to do. Put your faith in me. I got you, fam. When you come up to heaven, I got you. Say no more. I got you. You're coming with me. But if on this earth you were like, I don't have time for God. I'm too busy doing my laundry. I'm too busy doing Super Bowl parties. I'm too busy hanging out with my friends. I'm too busy going to college. I'm too busy making money, planning my vacation. God's going to say to you on heaven, who are you? Now, he really knows who we are, but the acknowledgement there is one acknowledging a family member. It's an intimate acknowledgement. Of course, God's going to look at us and go, I know who you are. I know what you did, and you can depart from me. He's going to name off all of our sins. But the point that he's saying here, he goes, I'll disown you. He's like, who are you? What do you want from me now? 
What do you want from me now? And he's going to say, you had your chance when you were on earth. See, one philosopher put it like this. God has enough out here in creation and relationships and beauty and love that anybody seeking him will find him. But he's also hidden enough that if you don't want to see him, you won't see him. Because all you'll see is yourself in life. Because he is not going to force you to say, here I am. And even the times that he did, because some atheists come to me or unbelievers, they go, man, why doesn't God just show himself like he did through Jesus? Yeah, how'd that go for Jesus? What'd they do to him? They thought he was blaspheming and put him on a cross. How about when he raised one of his friends, Lazarus, from the dead? How did that go? They now wanted to kill Jesus and Lazarus, the guy who just got killed. He's like, man, I just, got, I just died. Now we want to kill you. We don't like Jesus raising you from the dead. My point is this. A miracle will not force you to acknowledge him. If that was true, then why would Satan ever want to leave heaven? Why would Adam and Eve ever want to leave the garden? They had seen all the miracles of creation, y'all. They knew the God that had created them. But there was still enough of a choice for them to go, it's still something I want here that, that I don't get. And so we get the understanding of Satan being in heaven as Lucifer, the angel of light, that he wanted the songs to go to him. So you could almost see like, you know, the father and son sitting on thrones, the Holy Spirit filling the presence of the, the throne room there, and, and Satan kind of being like a worship leader. And as the, the Bible says, even as he moved his wings, the music would happen almost like a hummingbird. And you can almost get this impression from the stories that while he's seeing people worship God, he starts to say, okay, now worship me. Forget him, worship me. And that's when he took a third of the angels with him. And then when he came down to, to earth to, to try to deceive us, what did he say to us? Come rape children. Come, come get AIDS. Come do all of this. No, no, no. He knew all of these atrocities would happen. But first and foremost, we had to get one thing, one deception that we had to get a hold of. And that was, you can be your own God. And the moment he convinced us we could be our own God, then all the things happened afterwards. How are we doing on this planet being our own God, choosing our own right and wrong? We don't even know what a man or a woman is anymore. I mean, if you're here struggling with that, we love you, but we're making Frankensteins. Let's just be honest. We're taking off working parts and throwing them in the garbage, and then we kill unborn children and call it a choice. We now know with science that the baby in the womb has the, as its own DNA at conception. And the Bible says, you formed me in my mother's womb. So that means at conception, God puts us in there, and then the forming of our body comes. Me comes at conception. Body comes later. And if you are only a me, if you have a body, what happens? We cut off your arm. You're not a me anymore. Or if you're only a me, if you're conscious, you get unconscious. You're not a me anymore. Or if you're mentally handicapped, you're not a me anymore. Me's are made in the image of God no matter what their bodies look like. And so Jesus said, whoever acknowledges me before my Father, I'll acknowledge in heaven. Whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Now watch this. See, we're not ready for this. Y'all got to get this here. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I thought Jesus was the Prince of Peace. Hold on, you're going to get it. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. Uh-oh, are we going to be jihadis now like the Muslims start fighting? No, Allah Akbar, come on. Look at what it says. For I have come, now he's going to tell you where there's not going to be peace and where the sword is going to come. Watch. I have come to turn a man against his father. I have come to turn a daughter against her mother. Bad Jesus. Jesus, don't you know you're not supposed to tell children to disobey their parents? Keep going. A daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And all the daughter-in-law said, amen, quietly. <laughs> a man's enemies. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. A, a man's enemies, watch, will be the members of his own household. 
Let's keep going in case we weren't clear. In case we weren't clear. Verse 37. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Now think about this. Either this is the craziest, most wickedest person that's ever walked the earth, or this is your God. Because somebody to look at you and say, you better put me above everything in your life, your family, your kids, your wife. If another person looks you in the eyes and tells you to do that, you better call the police. Because they're about ready to start a cult and have you start drinking Kool-Aid. But when Jesus was on the earth, he looked at people and he said, it's me first. And I'm going to actually put a sword between you and your mom, you and your dad, you and your wife, you and your kids, because everybody in the kingdom is going to make a decision for themselves. And he already knew, because he's God, he knows what's going to happen in the future, that when people make that decision, others are going to stop them. And they're going to pull the family card. Well, aren't we your family? I mean, we didn't raise you that way. You're not supposed to go to that church. You shouldn't believe that about abortion. We believe in choice around here. Don't you understand how we look at this? Your cousin's a lesbian. You can't be saying she's going down. Who do you think you are? And the Bible predicted this 2,000 years ago. Oh, let me just cut right to the chase. Y'all going to be divided. And there will be arguments. And there will be spiritual wars. Clarify that. Spiritual wars. Amen. Bible's very clear. We're not supposed to go to an earthly war against each other. Ephesians says, do not fight with flesh and blood. You're fighting with principalities and powers. We can argue with our words and go to war like that, but we are not to hurt each other. And if our enemy hits us, Bible says, turn the other cheek. Amen. And even pray for your enemies. Okay. So let's be very clear about that. But he says he's going to split it apart. And then he says, you've got to decide who you love the most. Look at verse 18. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Band, would you come, please? I'm going to keep my word today. They're going to see something new, a pastor who keeps his word on time. This is a miracle. You are actually witnessing a miracle. Don't, please do not expect this miracle to happen next week. It will not. You will be here till 2 o'clock next week. But today, because you got your friends and family, we're going to act like we know better. Whoever finds, you know you laugh at too because it's so true. It's like he never ends like on time. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. It almost sounds like he just became like Obi-Wan Kenobi or Yodi from, uh, Yod how do you say his name? Yoda, thank you, from Star Wars, like a fortune cookie. But don't miss it thinking it's trying to be so deep. It's really more practical than it is deep. If you don't choose Jesus and take up the cross of putting him first in all that you do, you will lose your life. So by you trying to hold on to it, you're actually losing it. And, and it only makes sense if he's God, because think about it. He knows where you started. He knows where you end. And he said, I created you for one purpose and one person, uh, purpose only. It would be like you trying to take a a saw, you know, like one of these old style saws like this, and try to hammer in a nail. How's that going to go for you? You're just going to keep hurting yourself, and you're going to be ruining everything you're trying to build. And so God is telling us, God the Son, Jesus is telling us, you can't do this my way and your way. There can only be one Lord, one Master. Choose this day who you will serve in another place. And so when I'm losing my life, 
What does that really mean? I'm, you know, I'm committing suicide or I, you know, I jump off a cliff. No, what it means is I'm losing control. Now think about that. How many of you wish that someone could take the wheel and have control of your life on this spinning ball we call Earth in the middle of a solar system, out in the middle of nowhere of a galaxy, in a huge universe we can't even see the end of? Not to mention, that's a telescope. What happens when we look at the microscope? We go deeper and deeper. Who's holding this whole thing together on the molecular level? God is saying to us, let go and let me. It's already, it's already obvious. I'm not making the, the globe spin right now, are you? Are you making gravity here? Do you make the seed grow? Do you make your brain, your neurons fire? Are you making your heart beat right now? Are you making blood flow through your body? Come on, y'all. So if we already know physically we don't control this, then why are we trying to control it spiritually? So parents are important. He goes on to teach about that. Come back next week. We're going through the book of Matthew chapter by chapter. We'll learn more about it. But today I just want to ask you, who's in control of your life? Put up that picture, please, in closing. Who's sitting on the throne of your heart? I hope today you give it to Jesus. If you have learned anything, just the time we spent together this afternoon, you have seen that God can do it in anybody's life. We have chiefs of gangs that have been baptized in this church. You might be sitting next to one of them right now, and you might have grew up in a rival gang neighborhood. We baptize lesbian, gay, homosexual, bi, queer, all of that in this church. We've baptized people who are so successful. We're like, man, you come to this church? There's like 10 other big churches right next to your house, man. Like, no, love this church. Successful. Red and yellow, black and white, all different cultures. Young and old. College educated. I was a high school dropout. Now I'm back in college. But you go through the list, and and, and what that's supposed to tell us is that every excuse we make that we think we have to be in charge, well, pastor, you don't know how I was brought up. Pastor, you don't know the problems I have. If, if If I don't do it. I can't trust God to do it because I tried that stuff before. And if I'm not in charge, it doesn't work. And God is saying, oh, really? Really, what are you doing? I'm a self-made man, pastor. No, you're a self-made mess. If you heard anything today from the testimonies, you've heard what it's like when people let Jesus be the Lord of their lives. And we're thankful you're here today. We're not saying now goodbye because we're never talking to you again because God told us to hate you and he's going to start a war between us. We're not saying that. What we're actually saying is, instead of us being split off, why don't you come and join the journey with us? But don't do it because we did it as your family members or friends. Do it because you see Jesus for who he is because there's truly nobody like him. Amen? Let's stand up and give it up for Jesus. Good job. You guys did awesome down here. Amen. Let's get ready to close out in prayer. Would you guys move to the side so the altar workers can come? Thank you. We're going to ask our altar workers to come up here and pray. Thank you for your patience today. Baptism pictures will be on our Facebook page, those of you who want them. Also, the service was live, so if you want to see the video, that's cool. Let's pray before we go. Father, we thank you today for sending Jesus to be our Lord and Savior.